0: Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore Team, and I would like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977 or visit us on the web at KenmoreTeam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. Mr. John McKay, how are you doing over there? Well, waiting for the rain. Oh, so- Yes, it's it's been threatening. It's been nice. But, man, I got to tell you, we ate lunch at the office. Um, Our new office has outdoor patio, and we've Mm -hmm. got some outdoor furniture. There was three days this last week that we were out on the patio for lunch. And so I tell you, that's kind of rare in October. So it's still still feeling pretty, pretty good. Um, We've been busy. This is the week we launch. We have a, a magazine called... Kenmore Quarterly that we put Mm -hmm. out. And so um, I guess I'll just tell you for my local story. It was really interesting when the quarterly comes out. We have a spread in there of the statistics for the quarter. And then we compare that over last quarters, like go back 2020, 2019. And you look at average price point in Tri-Cities. And then, but when you break it down, we break it down by like, Two hundred to 300,000, mm-hmm. 500,000. There was a number in there. Third quarter in Tri Cities, mm-hmm. $800,000 plus homes. Wow. In third quarter, 40 of them had sold in, in the third quarter. That's got to be a record. It is because when you look back in our magazine and you look at that stats tracking, you go back and the normal number over the course of the last three years, it was like 16, 13, 13. I mean, wow. it was a just in your face, can't ignore, drastically crazy number. You know, you, you also go back and look at that too, and there's a reason why their average sales price is gone to <laughs> 4, 430, you know, over 430. So it was just interesting to go through that, look at that. Um, if you have any questions about that, go to Martin. Dot com we have a publication section click on publications and and you can see um, this quarter's uh, magazine our photographer and staff put together it's an amazing spread it's digital so you can just click click right click right through it but before we get to today's topic, We always like to start off with our crazy celebrity real estate story, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of sticking with that whole October theme here, and so I've got an address for you, McKay, and, and with our October scary Halloween theme, I've got an address for you for a home that's on the market. Okay. 1428. Elm Street. Oh. You know it? Yes. It's for sale. It is currently, right now. For sale, for those that don't know, the 1984 classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. The Mm -hmm. house that was used as the facade for that has come on the market. And I absolutely love these freaking agents um, that put put this home on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, they They are not reviewing offers until... All offers are due by midnight... On Halloween, Halloween. On, on Halloween, and just in case you wanted to see the house and and got it, get a chance to look at it um, before it go before it goes off the market again, um, they are doing on Halloween night. The agents are actually going to be there handing out candy <laughs> <laughs> at that at that house. So it was just it was just too much for me, man. I saw that. Article and I Does was. Does it come like, with a complimentary exorcism? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this was just. I mean, and I. And I. I can only guess. I hope that their outfits are are appropriate for for the movie. But if you did want to own that property, it's on the market for um, listing price at three point two five. And actually, a director um, has has it listed. Bought it. She bought it back in two thousand thirteen for two point one million. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I wasn't expecting to find that when I was doing the research research for the show, but pretty pretty cool to to see that house come on the market, especially this time of this time of year. Great marketing going on there. Well, one of the things we always like to look at, and I talked briefly about that, is the local real estate story and kind of the economic um, look there. We've got some inventory back, which is allowing some of our buyers that have been out of the market. Uh, chance to get some home. So we're floating up over that 325 mark on the inventory situation. We've seen it be as low as 225. Um, And so still significantly lower than it's been the last couple of years, but returning to a level um, that makes it possible for sideline buyers to get back into the market. One of the things I thought I would do today in kind of honor of Halloween and October is I thought I would come up with what I call the nightmare... Real estate scenarios, hmm. and so since we had the whole nightmare on Elm Street house um, for sale, I, I went through and said, if I look back in in you know in the history of real estate and what they tell you not to do, and and things that I um, may or may not have been a part of um, over the over the years, he will
1: disavow we, any knowledge. We
0: will disavow any knowledge, but the nightmare real estate scenarios that they talk about. And the first one that, that I wrote down for a seller, and this can happen, they, they don't just talk about it as case studies in, in the real estate books and training, mm-hmm. but this can happen. I have seen it firsthand happen. Um, and that is that as a seller, you sell your house twice. You sell it to two different buyers. Oh. At the same time, that is a nightmare real estate story. How can that even happen? Okay, McKay, that's a, that's a great question, and listeners might be saying, "Like, you got to be kidding me! How could this happen?" Well. In the current environment that we're in now, for somebody that didn't understand what they were doing... Oh, a FISBO. Um, it could be a FISBO, <laughs> but it, it also could be just a multiple offer situation. Mm-hmm. And so what can happen if somebody doesn't understand what's going on and doesn't realize what it, what is going on is somebody could mistakenly believe that an offer was dead. So let's say that a buyer um, in this market we can have multiple offers. Very yes. common to have multiple offers. So let's say Mr. Seller gets two offers, and they're reviewing them, and they're very, very close. And they said, "You know what? But this first offer, this first offer is even is better. It's cash. Yeah, it's cash. It's nice. The expiration is not till tomorrow night." I like it. Um, so let's counter them. Now I want about five thousand more from that buyer. Let's counter them five thousand higher and see what we get. So the agent fires off the offer, the counter offer, um, in writing, email delivery to the firm, the other agent, and says, mm-hmm. "Here it is." Other agents offended. Buyers offended. Says, "Get out of here. We're not. We, we made you a great cash offer. We're not looking at a counter offer." Get out of here with that. We we're not we're not doing it. This happens
1: so, verbally. So you assume it's dead. It's dead. They're gone. They're gone.
0: In fact, their other agent was so offended he said he was leaving right now to show them other houses. Okay. So then you say, you know what? You know what we should do is, we had that second offer. Let's get them out a counter offer because um, the other guys are gone. They're not going to be involved. So you send out a counter offer to buyer number two why that's going on, and buyer number two says, great, let me get with my client, let me get him to sign it. I'm excited about this. I'll get it right back to you. Um, Why that's happening... Offended buyer number one looks at two houses and says, "You know what? I don't think that other counteroffer was that bad, actually, now that oh. I've seen what else is on the market." They say to their agent, "What's the expiration on that counteroffer?" Well, verbally, we told them we were out, but uh, you know the expiration's actually not till tonight at 9 pm. And I say, "You know what? Let's do it. Let's go for it." Actually, go ahead. Let's sign it. So they sign it. They don't call oh. the other agent back, but they sign it and they send it back. Delivery happens. It goes to the other agent. It goes to the firm. Mm. Other agent opens his email and says, "Oh, oh, wow! This is. I, I didn't think they were going to stay in the deal. Oh, it looks like we have a signed around deal. Why he's looking at that? His computer goes ding, 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 and he has a new email." Oh, no. From buyer number two. And they've also signed and accepted and made delivery back. And Um, at that moment, that agent has a heart attack, falls out of their chair, uh um, realizes what they've done, and starts calling probably their legal team and brokers because there's an issue now. Oh, He's now looking at two signed accepted offers for the same house (laughs) to two different buyers. Who gets it?
1: Signed and accepted means it's official. It's official.
0: Oh. And it's been returned. And in real estate, delivery matters. And so if it's been returned correctly by both of those buyers, that seller has now sold the property twice. It's legally binding, isn't it? Yes. And so which buyer gets it? Well I, only a judge and an attorney's gonna be able to tell this tell us this, but there's a problem here. Wow. A big problem. And so that's I mean, that's gonna be escalated way beyond Lance Kenmore in the show. Those are legal questions that, that happen. Um, but there's a lot of things that would be that would be looked at in that in the, And
1: that it, has happened in the Tri Cities. In that
0: situation. That has happened recently in the Tri Cities. No, not oh. not not recently, but I have knowledge of multiple times. That this has happened even wow. in even in our our market um, so so it's very so it's like I mean when you hear these things you 're just Oops. like that can 't possibly happen now, if I can believe the agents that have done this, um, I have never done this myself because what happens in those situations but but i've i 've talked to other agents and we 've gone through the scenarios it 's very similar to what I, the scenario I just gave mm-hmm. um, but technically, what you have to do in that situation is you if you believe your your counter offer is still active as a seller you have to withdraw your counter offer oh in, in in writing and so you have to make a delivery even though that buyer verbally said i'm out and they walked away there's still some time frames out there that make that a live offer and this point a live grenade basically that was uh-huh. about to go so you have to you have to withdraw your counter offer officially before you make another counter offer okay. to, to the buyer it, it's not going to come down to you know a lot of people listening will be like well whoever got it back first you know is is obviously going to and and that that's that's not that's not exactly how that how that works and so mm. so that's a nightmare real estate it's story it's not musical chairs no so for the seller it's bad for you know it's a nightmare for the seller obviously only one of those two buyers is going to end up with the house and so there's repercussions
1: there there's, And then there's a blight on the, the agent themselves Oh
0: absolutely it goes on and on and on so um, the big thing that, that I, I wrote down some notes that said, you know, how do you prevent this? Well, number one, um, the biggest strategy you do is you make sure that you've withdrawn any counteroffers or offers that you have out there before making another offer. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing you can do is in that situation um, is number one, just don't do that in the beginning. <laughs> don't make multiple counteroffers, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, let's counter both and see who gets back to us with the best terms. Well, the problem is that they they both might get back to you with accepting those terms. That's the nightmare scenario. So, so do not put yourself in that sitch, in that situation. The second nightmare scenario, and these are all scenarios in real estate that are scary. It's Halloween. It's our Halloween show about scary real estate stories, the things that people do not think about happening during Mm. a transaction. And the second one that I wrote down in that situation is you are buying a property from a seller. The seller has contracted to work with you, um, and they've agreed to sell your your house, and we've had situations where then, during the transaction, before closing, the seller dies. Oh, That's a scary real estate story. So, the seller um, obviously cannot complete the transaction. So now what happens is um, is a lot of people say, "Well, who's my contract with?" And a lot of people want to think that this that the, that contract goes directly to the estate. But not necessarily, because now that property is going to change vesting potentially, and it's Mm -hmm. going to, depending now, there's a lot of different ways, I can't speak to it, there's a lot of different legal structures that you could set up that might make that transaction still go together. Um, but there's a lot of times when it doesn't, and so, for instance, if that estate needs to be probated, now that it's going to have to go through probate to determine and settle that estate, and then who's going to be in control of that. After if
1: there's the not fact. a clear definition of That's, who takes control if owner dies. If uh, he already has a will that says my wife assumes all my property, then it's a little clearer, right?
0: Well, then uh, that you want to think it is, McKay, but these are actually legal questions that you and I cannot answer. Okay, i just could, We could do a five-hour show. It's going to help, yes. Uh-huh. It's going to make it a lot better, but I've been through these scenarios where that wasn't the case, and then we're having to, even with that in place, there's going to be a probate process It's the transactions going to extend. Um, So it may or may not go through. So, and then what if you are, what if you're in a situation where, like, we just came through last year with COVID, Mm -hmm. where this happens, but then the courts are backlogged and closed, and you can't get to court to to do that. So the delays and stuff can just go out further and further and further. So, um, when that happens, there's a lot of moving pieces to look into real estate nightmare scenario. No one likes to get those calls. I've gotten those calls before. We've had to pass that information on to to our buyers. And we've also been on the other side of that where we represented as sellers in that situation. And so a lot of moving parts there, a lot of communication that has to take place. Folks, the Nightmare on Elm Street house is currently for sale, Mm -hmm. an iconic legend. We are talking today about scary real estate situations <laughs> in honor of that sale. We've gone over two of them. When we come back from the break, we're going to hit a couple more. And not scary is I'm going to have a pick three for you after the break of some of our great
1: new inventory right here on News Talk 87.
0: Welcome back to the Tri Cities Real Estate Update. Today we've been talking about scary real estate stories. Yes, uh, um, what can happen? Our kind Of our pre Halloween edition here. But the only thing not scary about today's show is our inventory. We've got some new listings. The guys in the office have been super busy. We've been doing just a ton of evaluations, but we've put some new homes on the market this week. So my pick three number one, 3431 South Conway in Kennewick. This is that awesome Shadow Run neighborhood in Kennewick three-bedroom, three-bath house plus a home office. 2,072 square feet, newer exterior paint, interior um, paint, and a newer heat pump. You've got a large family room, gas fireplace, opens up to the dining area, beautifully updated kitchen with granite countertops, um, main level master suite with patio access, private, fully fenced backyard, and this is coming in close to parks, close to school, golf. 425,000. Wow. Now, pick number two. You say there's no good houses under 250,000 in Tri Cities. There is today. Uh, 1903 North 12th Avenue in Pasco. This is a nicely updated, move in ready, two bedroom, one bath, central Pasco location, laminate wood flooring, vinyl windows, new roof, new mini split heat pump, updated kitchen. Fully fenced yard, and we're coming in on that deal at $229,900. That is a hard price point in Tri-Cities to find. And then pick number three, 5626 Deer Street in West Richland. Everybody needs a big shop, right? So need a home with a shop? This is the one for you. Three-bedroom, two-bath, new roof in 2016, new windows, exterior paint, updated lap siding, 1,512 square foot home. Um, really, really well done. And then you've got you could put all of your cars um, inside. You've got boater RV, three bay doors in this shop, mm-hmm. one RV bay, tons of storage, and this is all on 0.63 of an acre. Pretty good. Um, and that's coming in at 375,000.
1: Wow. So uh, we, we've Got some really, really good inventory. Nothing out there. scary about that. The only thing scary is how fast they're gonna move.
0: Those ones are gonna move very, very, very quickly. Go to KenmoreTeam.com. If you got any questions about that, shoot us a message. Before the break, we hit some scary, scary real estate stories. Double
1: selling a house, property seller <laughs> dies.
0: All kinds of things that can happen. Another one that wrote down that uh, that I wrote down that we have had happen, it is very scary in real estate, is as a seller, you find the perfect house you want to move to. Mm -hmm. You're on the buy side of things. You're like, oh, I'm going to buy that house. I'm going to move over there. So you put an offer on the house. You say, okay, step number two um, is I need to sell my house. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, so you put it on the market with the Kenmore team, of course, and it sells right away.
1: Like it usually and does. And you are That is a non shameless plug. Things it's are true. things
0: are going amazingly. Everything is rocking right along. We're we've kind of timed it to where you're gonna close on your house you're selling. You're gonna buy your new house. And we um, are a week from closing. Mm-hmm. Everything's done. Appraisals are in. I mean, we're basically just signing and going.
1: And you've already packed up all your stuff you've in packed your house. Up,
0: up all of your stuff. You're ready to move. And the house you're buying, let's say, had one of the nightmare scenarios we talked about before the break. The seller of that house dies or passes away. Oh. Or there is a there is a flood uh, in that house, or you know, part of it burns down. Um. So now you're all packed up. You're moving in a week because you did what? You sold and your, your house. house. Um. And so now that you have nowhere to go, the house you're buying falls through at the la- at the last minute for no fault of your own. Oh. The problem is though that no fault of your own. Your house sale that you're living in, it's not contingent upon you moving. Mm -mm. It's not contingent upon the house you're buying.
1: Unless you had a contingency plan in place already.
0: And buyers don't accept contingencies for sellers not being able to sell. That's very, very rare in in our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, because then are you really contractually obligated to sell? So, now you still have a contractual obligation to move out in four days. Because the buyer is buying your house. And so a scramble happens in that situation. What's the backup plan? Are we in a situation where the buyer of our house might be able to delay? Maybe they were going to do some remodel work. Or is it a situation where likely, more likely, that happens in, in our world, they've given notice to their apartment. They're out of their apartment. They're, they have to be out Friday as well from mm-hmm. the place they're leaving. And so so you start to scramble at that, at that point. And the reason I said it's a nightmare scenario, because there's not a great option at that point. How much of your stuff can you put into storage? Storage. Can you go stay with family for a month? Can you stay with friends? Because now you're gonna have to find a new house to buy.
1: Yeah, especially if the other one had a fire or it's unrepairable, or at, if the repair costs exceed the value of the house. It's like if your car's totaled, what do you do? At, wrecking a, yard.
0: A wrecking yard, absolutely. And so there's all of these situations that happen, and, and now you're looking for a short term rental, and you don't need a long term rental because you're still gonna try to find a place to buy. But if you You've tried to do short-term rentals in Tri-Cities. Well, I run a property management company and still good luck. Yeah. Like it's it's I mean, in on that short notice, it's gonna be really hard. So, you know, this can be no fault of any person involved. It can be natural disasters, it can be all kinds of stuff, but it that is a nightmare scenario when you've sold your current house, the one you were moving to that property falls apart because none of your contractual obligations change in in your sale. You still buy Mid, you know by 9 p.m. of that closing day you're now obligated to get out of that. You're no longer the legal property. owner. So that is one of those nightmare scenarios. The last one that I had written down and we're gonna have a bonus one because McKay came up with a great one from previous shows on the break but the last one that I wrote down we've all seen the show or heard about it or know what I say when I say the money pit. Yes. And that is you buy a house without an inspection, because sometimes you can mitigate this with an inspection, Mm -hmm. but the nightmare scenario is you buy a house without an inspection that has major issues. Um, That is 100% just absolutely a nightmare scenario. You don't know. um, I mean, and I wrote down just a couple of the ones for fun. I put foundation. I put structural. I put groundwater issues
1: that you might not know. More liens against the property. Yeah,
0: and then McKay hits us with the bonus one from the break, and that is unknown um, or potential liens against the property. You hope that you discover this dirt during the title report process and you have title insurance but I've seen things happen
1: before. That's, that's a matter through. of disclosure, isn't it? Like when the seller purposely tries to hide it, usually? A-
0: absolutely, because not only have they indicated that to you on a property disclosure form, they've also had to indicate that to the title company when they filled out the title company's paperwork. And so there's, there's a bunch of different layers to that. And so if some of that was undiscovered and your title insurance was not perfected, that could be a big issue, and so so leaning on a title and escrow officer is is a huge one. We don't always talk about this in the industry. Some people get mad about mad at me when I do talk about it. Uh, um, I always get one or two of those emails, but it is it's scary. It's the side that you want to avoid. I only talk about it from the perspective of these are the type of situations we are hired to keep our our clients out of. And, but see,
1: See, that to me reinforces uh, why would you do anything on your own? Because if you're doing this on your own, unless you're very savvy, you run into this situation... You you could be toast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It scares me when I think about you know. There's a lot going on in our industry. There's some major lawsuits with the, with the Department of Justice and the National Association of Realtors um, about splitting up commissions, and it's being masked, in my opinion, as a transparency of commissions. Um, but at the end of the day, my biggest fear is that buyers will end up without representation that don't know what they're doing. Yeah, um, and, and so. As much as we can prevent that from happening, um, that buyer beware situation could be... I don't want to see the industry go back to that because I think it's dangerous for people mm-hmm. that are not protected. So yeah. so we, we will be keeping an eye on all of that And um, and in celebration of 1428 Elm Street on the market. <laughs> that was our October scary real estate story show. Folks, not scary real estate. If you have questions, about any situations, go to kenmoreteam.com, shoot us a message, and we will be right back
1: here next week. Right here on News Talk 870. Boo!